0: What most of us eat is making us sick and is increasing the risk of dementia. Hi, this is Michael C. Patterson, your host for the MindRamp podcasts. We're now on the fifth of the eight cogwheels of brain health, eight key behavioral areas that have a profound impact on the health of our brains. So far, we've looked at how we move, how we stimulate our minds, how we relate to other people, and how we cope with stress. In this episode, we will take a look at the process of ingestion, the process of putting stuff into our bodies, and what those processes do for our general well-being and for our brains. We physically consume elements of the outside world and integrate them into our bodies in a way that helps us to survive and to thrive. We do the same sort of ingestion of the outside world with non-physical entities such as thoughts, images, words, and so on. But in this episode, we will focus on the choices we make about the physical elements we ingest into our bodies and how those choices affect the health of our brains and their ability to support living long and living well. The key point is that the health of our body and brain is hugely affected by what we consume by eating and drinking, as well as what we breathe into our lungs. In short, what most of us eat is making us sick and is increasing the risk of dementia. Chimpanzees and the Western Diet Richard Wrangham is a British primatologist who splits time between field work in the jungles of Africa and academic duties at Harvard University. Wrangham uses his research on chimpanzees to draw conclusions about human evolution. In his fascinating book, Demonic Males, he tells one story about a troop of chimpanzees who had the apparent good fortune of having a safari hotel built right in the middle of their home territory. The restaurant that was attached to the hotel simply dumped all of their leftover food into a pit at the back of the hotel, providing the chimpanzees with a ready source of plentiful food. Now, chimpanzees generally spend a great deal of their waking days foraging for their food, but this lucky troop had their meals provided for them by the wasteful and ecologically insensitive staff of the restaurant. Wrangham was able to observe this troop of chimpanzees over time, and what he witnessed was a fairly rapid descent into obesity, cardiovascular disease, and diabetes. The chimps were provided a western diet served up in fast food fashion. This was a double whammy of crappy food coupled by a reduction in the physical exercise normally needed to find food in the wild. So a perfectly healthy troop of chimpanzees was quite rapidly overtaken by disease and debilities, virtually unknown in the jungle, simply because they started eating the foods that affluent human beings like to eat. And guess what? Human beings are getting sick just the way the chimpanzees did. The diseases that newly afflicted the chimpanzees are the very suite of maladies that afflict modern Western human beings. The old saw that you are what you eat takes on frightening implications in this story. The average American is eating way too much of the wrong kinds of foods. The normal American diet is now largely made up of huge portions of highly processed foods that are dripping with fat and laced with sugar and salt. The meats we eat are filled with artificial hormones designed to keep disease-ridden animals alive long enough to be slaughtered and we ingest the hormones right along with the meat. Half the time we have no idea what we're eating. What are all those mysterious chemicals we find listed as ingredients? What effects are all those strange non-food additives having on our bodies and on our brains? What we do know is that we are getting fatter and sicker. The rise of obesity in America is closely associated with a similar increase in type two diabetes and both are part of what is known as metabolic syndrome. Metabolic syndrome consists of borderline elevations of blood sugar and blood pressure, elevated triglycerides and or low HDL cholesterol, that's the good cholesterol, and obesity. Each of these conditions is a risk factor for diseases associated with cognitive decline, including type 2 diabetes and coronary disease. Metabolic syndrome, in turn, is associated with what's called the Western Disease Cluster. This is a group of diseases that are associated with lifestyle and social conditions found largely in the developed countries of the Western Hemisphere. These diseases include diabetes, obesity, hypertension, and other types of cardiovascular diseases, and dyslipidemia, which refers to abnormal levels of lipids or fats in the blood there is also growing evidence that what we call Alzheimer's disease may well be a member of this western cluster of diseases. Each of these diseases have commonalities that appear to trigger a cascade of problems that lead eventually to cognitive decline and dementia, including problematic immune reactions, vascular dysfunction, inflammation, and insulin resistance. And both metabolic syndrome and the Western disease cluster are driven largely by what we ingest, or more specifically, by bad choices about what we eat and how much we eat. One of the best books I've read about food and the brain is called Brain Food, The Surprising Science of Eating for Cognitive Power. It's by Lisa Moscone, who is the Associate Director of the Alzheimer's Prevention Clinic at Weill Cornell Medical College. She founded and directed the Nutrition and Brain Fitness Lab at NYU School of Medicine. Moscone is uniquely qualified to merge brain science with dietary science. She holds a dual Ph.D. degree in neuroscience and nuclear medicine, and is board-certified as an integrative nutritionist and a holistic healthcare practitioner. In her book, Moscone states that recent research breakthroughs, quote, have radically changed our understanding of aging and disease by showing that the brain changes leading to dementia unfold over decades. She goes on to say that, quote, "...many genetic, lifestyle, and environmental factors can potentially damage the brain while one is still young, triggering a cascade of pathological events that ultimately lead to cognitive deterioration." Further, research is making clear that behavior and lifestyle changes, like the ones we represented by the cogwheels of brain health, can slow down or even halt progression of dementia eating for your brain, being smart about what we ingest, can be a powerful way to prevent premature aging and cognitive decline. Moscone says the newly discovered dietary strategies to prevent Alzheimer's are also those that optimize cognitive health overall, over the course of a lifetime, with benefits across the board. End quote. But more than that, eating for your brain can help you achieve what she calls peak performance in every part of your life, end quote. Like all of the cogwheels, there are risk factors and protective factors attached to the things we ingest. We might think of food in a broad context as anything that we ingest, including fruits, vegetables, meats, liquids, medicines, drugs, and intoxicants, and even the air we breathe and the energy that radiates from the sun. In other words, think of your diet as including anything and everything you put in your mouth and swallow, everything that you breathe into your lungs, and everything that you allow to seep through the pores of your skin. It would include anything that is injected into your body with a syringe, be that medication, or recreational drugs. Ultimately, the chemical constituents of what we introduce into our bodies get into our bloodstream and are transported throughout our body. These chemicals have the ability to affect every cell in our body. In his book, Your Brain on Food, How Chemicals Control Your Thoughts and Feelings, Gary Wenck of Ohio State University makes the point that, quote, anything you consume The drugs you take, the foods you eat, can affect how your neurons behave and subsequently how you think and feel. The substances we ingest get broken down into chemicals that make their way into our bloodstream, which transports them throughout our body and up into our brains. Many of these chemicals are quite similar to the neurochemicals that regulate the activation of neurons and glial cells in our brain. Some mimic the activity of neurochemicals and in so doing trigger specific brain reactions. Others affect the levels of neurotransmitters, either ramping up the response or inhibiting it. Take one very familiar mind-altering substance that we ingest, coffee. Most adults rely heavily on the little buzz that results from the first cup of coffee in the morning. Coffee reduces drowsiness because it contains caffeine, which is a potent blocker of the neurochemical adenosine. High concentrations of adenosine, which accumulate during the day, cause drowsiness, and eventually it signals the brain and body that it's time to sleep. Well, caffeine blocks the effect of adenosine and thereby blocks drowsiness. While blocking the action of adenosine, caffeine also stimulates dopamine neurons to release their neurotransmitter. An increased release of dopamine contributes to feelings of euphoria and bliss, that that morning buzz. Or think about chocolate. Why are we all crazy about chocolate? Chocolate contains an array of psychoactive compounds that contribute to our sense of euphoria, including fats that may release endogenous opiates. Chocolate also contains a molecule that resembles amphetamines and small amount of a neurotransmitter that has properties similar to marijuana. We ingest substances to provide fuel for ourselves, but also, as indicated by the examples of coffee and chocolate, to alter our mood, to change the way our mind is working. So in a sense, food is a mind-altering substance. We are what we eat. And it behooves us, therefore, to pay careful attention to what we consume and how it is affecting us. So what what foods are good for our brain? Let's start with water. Good, clean water is essential to our health and to the proper functioning of our brains. Two, oxygen. We all know we need oxygen, nice unpolluted air, and the problem is that unpolluted air is becoming harder to come by, so it's incredibly important that we breathe through our nose so that we filter out as much of the toxins and junk as we possibly can. Whole Foods Most of the products on the grocery shelves are highly processed foods that are full of chemical additives. It's clearly better to eat an apple than an apple-like product. Human beings have co-evolved with the real foods that we need to regularly eat. Plants and a little bit of meat. There is a consensus among most health advocates that a plant-based diet, lots of fruits, vegetables, and whole grains, is the healthy, brainy choice consistently the populations that live the longest and the healthiest eat plant-based diets and only have meat occasionally, once a week, or on special occasions, or very small portions. Protein obviously is an important part of a balanced diet, but we don't need to eat as much as we usually do. Uh, And there are good sources of non-meat proteins like egg, milk, cheese, soy, quinoa, It's also important to eat clean meat that is free of antibiotics, and lean meat that is low in fat levels. Foods that are high in omega-3 fatty acids are important. Fats are essential to our diet. We need two kinds of fats that are called omega-6 and omega-3 fatty acids, and they need to be in a balance of about four omega-6s to every one omega-3. The problem is that our modern diet is out of whack, providing way too much omega-6 at a ratio that may well be above 20 omega-6 for every one omega-3. Processed foods contain too much omega-6 and not enough omega-3. So to get back to the proper balance, we have to cut down on the ingestion of omega-6 by eliminating or cutting back on processed foods, deep-fried foods, And we need to eat a lot more foods that are high in omega-3 fatty acids. Foods like salmon, nuts, olive and canola oil, flax seeds. We also want to eat foods that are high in antioxidants. When oxygen is metabolized, the chemical reaction releases an electron, an oxidant called a free radical. These free radicals have the dangerous habit of getting attached to other molecules and disrupting their proper function. Fortunately, the body produces antioxidants that mop up the free radicals and dispose of them before they do harm. The problem is that stress on the body causes overproduction of free radicals and a decrease in natural antioxidants. Consequently, we need to make sure we eat foods uh, such as brightly colored fruits and certain fish and nuts that are high in antioxidants that can supplement our natural protections. So in conclusion, our health and well-being depend upon our ability to maintain the homeostatic balance between all of the interconnected systems in our body and brain. A huge percentage of this balancing act is devoted to regulating the interaction between the outside world and the universe that exists within our body. We are dependent upon the fuels we ingest from the outside world and at the same time are vulnerable to the toxins that we ingest. Our natural defense mechanisms do a valiant job of taking in the good stuff and removing the bad stuff before it can do harm. But modern civilization continues to produce a never-ending flow of noxious materials that can overwhelm our body's natural defense mechanisms. To maintain healthy bodies and minds, we have to minimize the number of poisons that get into our body, and part of this process involves being smart about what we are willing to ingest. We need to identify and increase our intake of health-promoting foods, and, just as important, we need to know which foods and substances put our system at risk and then avoid them. And we need to be mindful not only about what we ingest, but also how much we ingest. You are what you ingest. If this is the first Cogwheel episode you have listened to, remember to circle back and listen to the introductory session so that you understand how we use all of the cogwheels. St- to protect your brain from decline, damage, and dementia. These and many more podcasts are available for free on the podcast page of our website at mindramp.org. M-I-N-D-R-A-M-P dot O-R-G. We would love to work with you or your organization to expand your understanding of the power we all have to protect our brains and sharpen our mental powers. So please contact us if you want to learn more about our education programs, training workshops, and our brain health coaching practices for both groups and individuals. There is a contact page on our website as well as a link to a scheduling app that enables you to schedule a meeting with either me or my colleague Roger Anionson. But above all, we hope that these podcasts encourage you to do whatever you can right now to enhance your chances of achieving qual longevity, your ability to live long and to live well.